Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. fellowship which is a nice thing enjoy it I think we kind of do that anyway yes snacks and fellowship. we'll figure something out the the uh, what is it the the um, PRC calls it coffee connect it's kind of a cool thing you know but uh, if you don't drink coffee you hot chocolate connect but anyway it's a, it's a enjoyable it's just a good time of fellowship lesson 26 holiness and the Christian life. Now, I I will probably do it a half of it like I have before. You've got the whole lesson there. You, here's a suggestion. You can either hang on to it or write your name on the top and leave it back there. And then we can pick it up later on next week. Might be the best way to do it if we go only go through half of it. There's only f- four lessons left in the life class in this, in this particular study which is going to spread out to probably closer to eight lessons. Some of them are six or eight, so we'll see. Holiness is an essential, holiness in the Christian life. Holiness is an essential element of Christianity. A Christian without holiness is a Christian without Christ. Galatians 3 and 11, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall Live by faith. We're getting there. Right, right. That's it. No holiness in the Christian life. You downloaded the wrong one, didn't you? Hey, did you see how the thing went? We have internet. Thank the Lord for that. We, we, internet, we had, we, it was costing so much money and we didn't have it for a little while, but I got in there. We were able to get things taken care of. It didn't cost as much as I thought it would. Now we're doing about the half the price that it was before. And we need it because we need it for the lights. We need it for the kiosk. We need it for all of this kind of stuff. And, uh, why don't you just catch up with me whenever you, you get there, Okay. But the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 20 through, 2 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. Meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. There's some basic concepts of Christian, Christian living. The Christian life, or the Christian life, is a life of faith and liberty, not of legalism and drudgery. We live our lives to please God and to be acceptable to Him. We live Holy Ghost-led lives that lead us away from sin and the world and lead us closer to God. Our ultimate goal is to get closer 
to God. Instead of merely trying not to do wrong, we're trying to bear fruit that is pleasing to God. We're not just trying to get by. We're going on to perfection. A lot of people have a strange view of holiness. They want to get by. But no, we're moving on to get closer to God and on to perfection. 2 Corinthians 7 and 1, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. It's a very important verse because it completely blows the concept out of the water that God is only concerned about the outside or about what is in your spirit. He doesn't care about the flesh. It says perfecting holiness in the flesh and the spirit. Amen. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. That's Hebrews 6 and 1. And one day I'm going to get in and teach on that because I think some people get that scripture all messed up. We want to imitate, imitate Christ in our words, actions, and thoughts. This is the essence of Christianity, being Christ-like. The Christian experience is one of personal freedom from sin and the condemnation of the law. Romans 8 and 1, there is therefore now no condemnation them to them which are in Christ Jesus that walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. The Christian life is a life of personal consecration to God. Now we're getting toward the one on the screen. There we go. Personal consecration to God. The Christian life is based on a relationship with God. We display holiness in our lives by imitating the life of Christ and by bearing the fruit of the Spirit. If we're truly living for God, the fruit of the Spirit will be manifest in our lives. I mean... The fruit of the Spirit is not something that we strive to produce. It is a natural product of the Spirit-filled life. Let me read that again. The fruit of the Spirit is not something we strive to produce, but it is a natural product of a Spirit-filled life. Producing the fruit of the Spirit is a result and the evidence of a genuine relationship with God. I think sometimes people get a complete, completely mixed up. They, we understand this, and I can preach it to you, I can teach it to you, I can show you it in the Word, that the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues, whether we're going to John 3 and 8, whether we're going to Acts 10 or Acts 2 or Acts, Acts uh, 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 19, whatever we want to go to, I can show you that it is the initial evidence uh, of the Holy Ghost but the ongoing evidence of the Holy Ghost is the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 gives us a description of the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. What we produce identifies our nature. You will know them by their fruit. You will know them by their fruit. Purpose for holiness in our lives. The, it is to understand, it is important to understand that there is a sound biblical basis for 
holiness. Holiness, when you understand it, is much more spiritual than it is practical. It's heart-based. A lot of times, this is the problem with people. They look at it from a practical side. What do I have to do? What are the rules? How does all this work out? What are, you know, and, and it's very, very legalistic in the way they approach this. I, okay, the pastor said I've got to do this, and the pastor said I've got to do that, and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And people don't live for God when they go at it from that angle. If that's what they're doing, then sooner or later they will fail. But when it comes from the heart, when they are doing it because it is in their heart. Let me say it again. When you're doing it because it is in your heart. It is not pharisaical to be holy. Hypocrisy is pharisaical. It is through the practical application of the principles of holiness that we begin to understand the spiritual significance of holiness before the Lord and separation from the world. Let me explain that just a little bit. We, we talk about it being from the heart and not in just a set of rules. But it comes from the practical application that we begin to understand the spiritual application. The practical application of prayer gets you in contact with God. Going to a place and praying gets you in contact with God. Praising opens up the windows of heaven. It's the practical application of praise. Well, I worship you, Lord. I don't have to do any of that kind of stuff. God's going to move anyway. No, there needs to be a practical application to things. And when that happens, it opens up the windows of heaven. We, we, get, we see the power of the Lord begin to move. We find we find. All, many of these in practical application of reading the word of God, God speaks. Get up in the morning, you rarely look at Facebook. But if you get in, into the word of God, you begin to read the word of God. You begin to, the spirit of the Lord moves through the word of God. I don't know about you, but it happens to me all the time. And, and, uh, and God begins to speak to me through the word of God. Somebody said, I saw, I think it was a meme on Facebook. It said, I want the Lord to speak to me. And they said, uh, they said, well, well. Read your Bible. And he said, but I want to hear the Lord audibly. They said, well, read it aloud. <laughs> and so, but the thing is, there's a practical application. When we do the practical application of holiness, we begin to see the spiritual significance in it. You know what happens? It changes our lives. Amen. We begin to understand the spiritual significance of holiness before the Lord and separation from the world. The first and ultimate goal of holiness is to please God. 2 Timothy 2 and 4, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. God hath purchased us with his own blood. The Bible says that in Acts the 20, 20th chapter, I believe it is. God has purchased us with his own blood, and we are eternally inde indebted to him for our redemption. When God saves us from sin, we do not belong to ourselves. We belong to God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. What know ye not? That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, and ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. 
Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The scripture tells us this, that we are a peculiar people. And, and a lot of people think that means you're weird. Some of you are. That's not what peculiar means there. Peculiar is an ownership term. For instance, this is how you would use it in one way. I have this twitch that is peculiar to me. That means that Brother Soto doesn't have that twitch, but I've got that twitch. Or I've got an action or I've got a behavior that is peculiar to me. I have sayings that are peculiar to me. Um, Brother, Brother, Brother Napoli, what's one of them? I mean to tell you. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. And I don't know how long I've been saying it. And I didn't even realize that I said it until my son-in-law started making fun of me about it. <laughs> but it's peculiar to me. I mean to tell you. I mean to tell you. I've got some things that are peculiar to me. Half, uh, yeah, there's other ones like six, six to one. Uh, I'll say six to one, half does the other. Same difference. Now, they're not just peculiar to me. There's old sayings that I got from my parents. But they're kind of, some things are kind of peculiar to our family. In other words, they are things that our family does. So when the Bible says we are peculiar people, it means that we are owned by God. That's what it means. And the Bible says here, we are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your body. And your in your body and your spirit, which are God's. In other words, holiness and glorifying God involves more than just the inner man. It involves the outer man. There's a scripture in the Old Testament. It said God looks on the inside. Man looks on the outside. Something to that effect. And people take that and twist it all the time. And they use it to justify doing anything and everything you want to. Living the way you want to live. Dressing the way you want to. Uh, acting the way you want to. Because God doesn't care about any of that stuff. It's a total twisting of the scripture. The story there was when Samuel went to anoint a king. They brought out all the sons of Jesse, the brothers of David. And God said, none of these. And they said, well, is there, is there anybody else? Yeah, but he's just a kid. And he was. Uh, tradition says he was probably about 10 years old at the time. They're like, he's just a kid. He's just a kid. And God said, I don't look on, I don't look at that situation. I know what this man's going to be. I know what his, his potential is. I know what his future is. You're looking at a kid. I'm looking at what he's going to be. It has nothing to do with living holy. It has nothing to do. The, if you take it and use that scripture, you are twisting that scripture totally out of context. It has to do with that situation right there. And uh, so the Bible says, we're bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, 
which are God's. We cannot live to ourselves or after our own will and desires, but we must live unto Christ and his will. 2 Corinthians 5 and 15, and, he that, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. The second goal, okay, let's go back to that first before we move into the second one. He that died for all that which lived should not henceforth live unto themselves, unto him that rose, that died for them and rose again. Living for God and being holy is an unselfish thing. And it moves into the second one. The second goal and purpose of holiness is to communicate Christ to others. We attract and win others to God by our Christian lives. People want to see a difference. They want Christians to be different. God is holy, and if God is going to be seen in us, he will be seen through a life of holiness. God cannot be seen in an ungodly and unholy life. We cannot display God if we look and act like the world. The way we live is supposed to give glory and honor to God. Matthew 5 and 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I want to say this. I want to say this about living holy. If your holiness operates on this premise, I'm holy. You walk into the world and you look at other people around you and you think and you you present to them how much better you are to them. And how much more holy you are than they are. And how much more righteous you are than they are. If that is what you present, you might as well chuck it all because you ain't doing a lick of good for anybody. I mean to tell you. If that's what you're doing, you're a self-righteous Pharisee and it doesn't do you any good to live holy and it doesn't do them any good for you to live holy. If you walk into a situation and this is what you do, I'm what I am because I have to do this. I've seen people with that kind of an attitude. Young people do it especially a lot of times. I have to do this. My dad makes me do this. Or my pastor tells us to do this. And I can't sing on the platform or play an instrument or do this or, or do, be an usher, do anything if I don't do this. Just don't worry about it, okay? Because the, what you're communicating to those people that you hate being what you are. The first one, you hate them because they're not what you are. The second one is you hate being what you are. That's not holiness. That's all a bunch of legalism. 
But whenever you walk in holiness, in the beauty of holiness, and you love what God has done for you, and you love people, the things that make you different, uh, the purity of an apostolic woman, the beauty of an apostolic woman, the, the modesty and holiness of both men and women, when they walk in the society that we live in, the world will see that you are different. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The whole situation is here, is this. Let your light shine so they may see your good works. Let your light shine so they may see what you're doing and do what? Glorify you. No, glorify your Father which is in heaven. The biblical Christian life of holiness is the best plan for our lives. We will benefit both now and in the life to come if we live according to the Bible. Living a holy and separated life will protect us from many of the destroying elements of this world. The Bible not only tells us how to live to please God, it tells us the best way to live. Holiness sets a barrier between us and the world. And holiness creates a line of demarcation between the godly and the ungodly. I want to say this right now. We're living in a world that is swiftly spiraling into the most vile ungodliness that it has ever seen. It is manifested in the way they dress, in the way they act, in the songs they sing, in the way they speak, and everything else. If the church begins to look, act, sing and do like the world, it will no longer be the church. There's a reason. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. There's a reason for that. Don't be spotted by the filth of the world. Amen, amen. In order to live for God. Faith and works related to holiness. As related to holiness. In order... To live for God, we must understand that we are saved by faith and not by works. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for by grace are ye saved through faith. That not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Faith leads us to repentance and the initiation of a relationship with God. True faith will cause us to obey the word of God with all of our heart. John 7, 38 through 39 says, He that believeth on me has a key of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. The same faith that allowed us to seek the Holy Ghost, when we understand it. A lot of things that we do are working by faith. And grace of God that brings salvation also teaches us holiness. Titus 2 and 11 through 14. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Hath appeared to God. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared when it comes to grace. Men. And many people pretty much stop right there when it comes to grace. They are, the grace of God is a wonderful thing. It does great things for us, 
We are saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we can just do what we want to do. We can live like we want to live. We can act like we want to act. We can dress, we can do all the stuff we want to do. And God doesn't care because grace, the grace of God is the unmerited favor of God, which is true. And there's nothing we can do to deserve it, which is true. Grace comes by faith. All I need to do is believe, which is true. We need to believe for us to be justified. And, and on and on they'll say this. So once you, once you believe all of that sort of stuff, we know that you've got to repent and be baptized in Jesus' name, be filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible tells us that. Amen. But it, grace is great, and grace is a wonderful thing. But what does grace do? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Grace teaches us holiness. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he may redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. This does not sound like the easy, greasy grace doctrine you hear all over the place. That's not what it sounds like to me. It sounds to me like grace teaches us how to live, walk, and act holy and become peculiar unto God. When you receive the Holy Ghost, God gives you the desire to be holy. You'll either obey and follow that desire or you will suppress it and rebel against it. It is inconsistent with the laws and nature of God for a person to be filled with the Holy Ghost and not live a holy life. A genuine Holy Ghost experience will produce a Holy Ghost-influenced life. If the Holy Ghost does not influence your life, you may not have the Holy Ghost. Amen. We must be more than people who talk in tongues or worship. Demonstrably, we must be people who live godly and holy lives. It is the Holy Ghost, not the religious ghost, not the moderate ghost, not the compromising ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. Our motive for holiness must be faith in and obedience to God's word and not works alone. We obey God's word because we believe that it is true and that it is good for us. Where was I going to stop? Yeah, I know. I'll go a little bit further. We do not follow holiness because God saved us from unholiness. Uh, we, we live a life, we do not follow holiness in order to earn our salvation or earn favor with God. We live a life of holiness because God saved us from unholiness. Holiness is a result of our salvation and an attribute of salvation. The Holy Ghost within us compels us to be holy. God took us out of sin. We don't want to return or be part of the sinful world. Holiness comes from God. It is the essence of his nature. We cannot make ourselves holy or save ourselves. Our salvation depends totally 
on our relationship with Jesus Christ. Holiness is an attribute of God that those who love him with all their heart will desire to have made manifest in their lives. Many people struggle with practical holiness simply because they have not fallen totally in love with God and therefore still love, love, love certain elements of the world. The struggle we have with practical holiness is a result of an incomplete commitment. Galatians 6 and 14. God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. That is a complete commitment. I have crucified the world unto me and unto the world. Although we are not saved by our works, faith will do us to do will lead us to do certain works as a result of salvation and as a testimony of salvation. Faith will cause an outward manifestation of God's indwelling presence. James 2 and 17, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. We demonstrate faith in God and his word by our obedience, actions, and by the course of our daily lives. James 2 and 18, yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. The greasy grace people hate the book of James. And that's the truth. We live by the way we live and dress the way we dress because we have been saved from the world and we want to separate ourselves from it so that we will not be ensnared in its enticements. Holiness is a safeguard against the subtlety and deception of sin. The wall we put around us is not to keep us in, but to keep the world out. There's a difference between bondage and safety. Somebody made a statement one time. Said there are two certain, two, two types of beings, if you will, that hate walls. They hate walls. There's two things that hate walls. Animals children. Adults, mature people understand the value of a wall. They understand that, that that wall is there to keep the kid from running out into the street and getting hit by a car. The wall is there for the animal for the same thing. The Garcias have a dog named Spectra. Spectra hates fences. And if she don't be careful, someday she's going to get hit or taken by somebody. She's an animal. She acts that way. She, she, she's an escape artist. Uh, and uh, I, I know that they also have a chicken that's an escape artist. That's the chicken that the owl is going to get some night. We've had that happen. Animals hate walls. <laughs> Let me... But and and children, it's like let me out. I want out. Don't fence me in. The old western songs said. But the problem is, is there's a reason why there are walls. There's there's a difference between bondage and safety. The fence around my yard does not put me in bondage. Bondage it provides safety and separation um, from the outside. We cannot be holy through our own efforts alone. We can be holy 
only if we put our faith in Jesus Christ and obey his word. We can be holy only if we let God's spirit work in us and teach us. Philippians 3 and 9, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. True holiness can only be obtained by total submission to the Holy Ghost. We must deny the flesh and obey the Spirit. Holiness is more than a work of the flesh. It is a transformation of our lives by the power of the Holy Ghost. And we'll stop right there and continue on with the work of the Spirit in our lives next week. But what I would suggest you do is take and write your name on the top of your deal, put it back there, and uh, we'll bring them back out next week and you can dig around through them and fight each other over whether it's there. Try to put your name down legibly so that you don't have to fight. I know that Brother Randy and Brother Daryl will be fighting over who, which one's there. <laughs> Let's stand and pray. We love you, Jesus. God, we worship you, Lord. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I bless your holy name. I bless your holy name. I bless